So, welcome. Good to see everybody here this morning. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians 12. If you want to uh, turn there, see if my notes will come up for me, maybe. All right, 1 Corinthians 12. Thanks, uh, Ethan, for reading that passage uh, for us. Um, go ahead, uh, uh, Ron's up there this morning. Yeah, Ron, can you get, there There you go, get to that slide. All right, so Sarah mentioned phones this morning. You can pull out your phones right now. If you've not taken the spiritual gifts inventory that we sent out as an email uh, this past week, the last couple of days, and you have a phone that you can click on barcodes and, and pull up a website, hey, we'd welcome you to do that. We are actually, as a church, as leaders, we want to know the giftings of the people who are within this body. And uh, so I'd invite you to take this little inventory. It doesn't take that long, actually. You can take it during the sermon, <laughs> all right? This is, this is like the one and only time that I'm not going to be walking around checking, well, what are you looking at your phones for? kind of thing. So, you know, I'm, I'm trusting that if you're doing this, that you're, you're doing something like this that will be a gift to the body instead of looking at social media. Um, so, yeah, keep that up just for a, a few seconds. Uh, if you want to snap that code with your, your camera, that'll take you to the gifts. This is what we're talking about today, the, uh, the spiritual gifts of the church and the gifts that God has given us. Uh, and so as we start today, Remind us that we're, we've been in uh, the, the book of the letter of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, and um, he's got a word for them. He's got a word for us. We started this journey. We talked about Jesus as the center, King Jesus as the center. All right? Um, I see people on their phones. This is fantastic. Let's keep this up here. Just, I just want to be encouraging, encouraging. That's not one of my giftings, actually, of encouragement, but I just want to be encouraging. I'm, work, I'm working on it. Um, Jesus, King Jesus as the center, uh, and um, we are united around him. These are just some things that we talked about over the last couple of weeks to get us into today. He's the wisdom. He's the center. Uh, he has united us around him. Our calling is not just an individual calling. And sometimes, sometimes the Western church, we kind of get caught up in this thing called our personal faith, which is very true. Each and every one of us has to come to a personal faith in Jesus Christ, but it doesn't stop there. Jesus doesn't ask us, oh, come to me personally, and then go put yourself in your house, never talk to anybody, don't join a church, don't be involved, don't try to help out you know, around your community. That's not the word from Jesus. Your personal faith leads us into a corporate body experience. This is what we're doing here today. Many of us, most of us maybe, have put our faith in Jesus Christ, and that has driven us and united us to come together as the body of Christ and worship together, right? Worship together. We could all go sing in our homes. I sing worship songs in my car. We can do those kind of things, but there's something about coming together in this experience and worshiping the Lord together, lifting our voices to the Lord, using our giftings together, um, encouraging one another, all these things that we see within Scripture. We are united around Christ because of what He has done for us, and He's asked us to come together. And being the body, we're called to be recognized as God's people, right? This is what we do. We gather together, and someone who walks through these doors hopefully by the end of our, what we call our service time, would recognize that, oh my goodness, these people love God. These people love Jesus. These people are the body of Christ, if they've heard that terminology. And we're here to build one another up. 
We're here to appreciate all the parts. We sort of dived into that just a little bit last week. We'll dive a little bit more into that as we talk about spiritual gifts today. And we're here to work with one another in kingdom living. And again, we could all go, and I know many people, and it's mostly us introverts who are like, you know what, man, if I could just be in my room, you know, and doing my thing and studying and, and not doing all the people stuff all the time. And, you know, there's, there's a sense that like, you know, hey, it's just me and Jesus. That's not it. That's not it. There's something beyond that. It's we're here to work and, and, and encourage one another in our kingdom living. It's not, it's this, this thing called faith is not a segregated, segregated part of our life. This is the whole thing. Sometimes we, 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 we kind of frame church as, well, this is the spiritual thing I do. And I, when I come to church, this is the spiritual thing I do. And then I come to a group, and that's the spiritual thing I do. And, and then I go to work, and that's sort of that secular and everyday stuff, when the reality is it's all spiritual. If we are followers of King Jesus, there is no difference in what we would consider spiritual and secular in our lives. Everything we do is spiritual and for the glory of God. And we get to come together then, join together, and encourage one another in that life. And so the unity in the body of Christ, we see this, we've got a chapter two or so specifically about the unity in Christ, the importance of the unity in Christ. It was important for Paul to write about. It's important for Jesus as well. Remember, he prayed for unity. He prayed for all his followers to be united together before he went to the cross. And so you are important. Our, our, Our unity is important. You are an important piece of that. What you do is important. What you do is important. Remember, I, I threw up a slide last week. I think I've got this one again up here this week, uh, where it talked, why, why do people start attending churches? And I, I throw this up there to illustrate, again, the importance of the body, the importance of the body of Christ. 86% of people who said in this certain study that this is why we started to attend a church is because of an invite from a friend. I bet you that, that speaks to, oh, we saw them doing something, living a certain way, acting this way in their family, building one another up, being encouraged, whatever it may be, we, we saw this lifestyle, we've seen our friends, and then they invited us to this place where we get to hear more about that, and then say, hey, that's, that's why we, we came. All right, all the other, I mean, me, an invite from me, Six percent of the people would respond and say, "Oh yeah, that's why I came, and that's what drew me to a drew a, to a church." And so, you guys, the body of Christ, that's working together as the body of Christ. This is where the power is in the message and the work. This is this is where this is where that's at. And the Holy Spirit, we don't have to do this on our own. We don't have to try to come up and, and charge ourselves up. We don't have to try to you know grasp at things. The Holy Spirit provides what we need. We're going to look at that. The Holy Spirit provides what we need. They're often called what we would call the spiritual gifts. They're listed, listed in the scripture. And this is what we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so let's read again 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 through 11 to start with. Paul says this, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware You know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that one, the one speaking by the Spirit of God says, uh, excuse me, no one speaking, well, got to get that right, no one speaking 
by the Spirit of God, says Jesus is cursed. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. Well, let's stop there for a second. We'll stop there for a second and, and keep on talking here. We'll get into the specifics of the gifts in just a, a few minutes. Spiritual gifts that, that Paul describes, I, as I'm thinking about it, thinking about the season as well, spiritual gifts, as Paul describes, working in the church are, are like a high-functioning sports team, right? It's got various players on a sports team, but it's a team, right? What did you say, Steve? <laughs> What's that, a high-functioning team? Yes, yes, yes. Many of us can relate to a team that's not high-functioning. All right. <laughs> All right. But, but in the spirit of the season, I, I will, I'm, I'm a Michigan fan, and they were high-functioning yesterday. So anyway, uh, we'll, we'll use them as the example, and we'll hope that the other ones get in line at some point in time. But you think, you think of football, since it's the season, you think of football. Many of you are watching football. Uh, they've got quarterbacks. They've got receivers. We're not going to go through every position, but receivers, quarterbacks, right? They've got a defense. They've got kickers. They've got, they've got a coach. They've got, you know, all of these people, like 53-plus people, you know, players, plus then all the coaches and stuff like that on this roster, sitting on the sidelines and the benches, right? And you're getting people in. All of these people, they don't, they don't individually go out there and win the game, do they? No, no, no. It's the team. When they're high functioning together in sync as a team, that's when you start to win the games, right? That's when you start to win the games. Not everybody's a quarterback, right? I, I know I, growing up, it's like, oh, every, all my friends are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a quarterback. I'm going to be a quarterback. You know, there are these positions that you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be me. This is going to be me. And then you start to realize, well, the coaches help you realize that's not your gifting, right? That's not your gifting. All right, we're going we're gonna to put you somewhere else. Right now, you're carrying the water. Uh, you know, all, all those kind of stuff. Not everybody's receiving the ball and running in for a touchdown, right? Not everybody's on the defense stopping, blocking, you know, and doing that. And not everybody's able to kick, you know? The variety of gifts, variety of abilities, work, hopefully working together to actually accomplish the purpose of winning the game. And being on a winning team is exciting, it's encouraging, and it's contagious. Being on a winning team is exciting, encouraging, and contagious. And the great thing is, are we not already on the winning team? Right? So, so let, like, being on a winning team, well, that's all right. No, check. Jesus wins. Right, you go to the, go to the end of the scriptures. You, know, you don't have to, but go to the end of the scriptures. And my my paraphrase is, "Oh, Jesus wins." You know that that's that's what we focus on. Jesus wins. So we got to check that one off. And as we use our giftings together, yeah, that's that's exciting. It's exciting. It's encouraging. We're supposed to do this encouraging, and it's also contagious. This is what. So here's a slide. This is sort of what a small church like ours. This is what we do in. <laughs> This is what it looks like when we use our spiritual gifts together. If you can't read that, when, when, a visit, when a, you visit a small church for the first time and they all greet you at the door, right? That's, that's sort of what we do. We kind of pile on. So, so let's not be, we're not going to talk about being creepy in our spiritual gifts, right? We're, we're, we're going to talk about, you know, using and encouraging one another. Anyway, my wife sent that to me. I was like, oh, my word, that's good. It's going up on the slide. Oh, goodness. Anybody finish their gifts inventory? right now or 
just beforehand. Okay, I'm just, you know, if you're doing it in the service, keep, keep on going. All right. Uh, so again, we build this all on the foundation. We're on a winning team. This is the foundation. We build this, we build off the foundation. Salvation has come through Jesus Christ and Christ alone. Okay. Paul's man, Paul is gung ho about the king, the work of King Jesus at the beginning of this book, especially as we get into it. We're filled by the spirit. We see this also. We see this within chapter 12. We're filled by the spirit. The Spirit is working, all right? The Spirit is working, and we are woven together as the body of Christ to do certain things. We see this at the beginning of chapter 12. We sort of see Trinity language. He's not saying, Paul's not saying, oh, here's the Trinity, picture of the Trinity, but he's using Trinity language here. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking of the, by the Spirit of God, there's the Spirit, says that Jesus is cursed or can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So you see the Spirit, Jesus. Now there are different gifts, but by the same Spirit, there are different ministries, but by the same Lord, referencing Christ. There are different activities, but the same God the same God works all of them in each person. And again, it's, Paul lists a lot of gifts here. It's really not about the gifts, right? It's about us being more and more like Jesus, living a life more and more like Jesus. Yeah, this, this, uh, Robert Murray says this, it's not great talents that God blesses, but great likeness to Jesus. But the Holy Spirit who Jesus sent, is giving us the ability to live a life faithful to following him. And Paul uses the language of gifts to describe this. It says in verse 27, we, we went over this last week. We, we read this passage last week. Each, was, each of us, we talked about, has a unique place. As we talk about the body of Christ, each of us has a unique place, and not, we're not alike. We could be similar, but we're not alike. And this is the beauty of God's creation. This variety, this diversity of people is sitting right here with different talents, abilities, gifts, and places within the body. And he reinforces this idea that everybody has a unique place in Corinthians 12, 27, and other places as well. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helping, leading uh, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, this is where he says, hey, not everybody's the same. Are all apostles? Everybody's going to say no, no. And uh, are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No, no. Do all do miracles? No. Do all have the gifts of healing? He goes into this and is basically saying, hey, we're not all the same. But each person, again, Paul continues to reinforce the idea that each person has value. You are important to the work that God is doing here in this community. We are up here in the North Country unless you're visiting, uh, that bouncy as many visitors this morning. So I think all the leaves are dropping, so we're going to see a drop in visitors. Uh, but if you're living in the North Country, if you're living somewhere else, God has placed you in this position at this point in time to do His work here and now. And this is what we do together. And the fight in the Corinthian church Again, I'd love, I'd love to see a video of this stuff. You know, it's probably great that they didn't have video cameras back then. It'd be very discouraging uh, to, to be in some of these church services. But I'd love, I'd love to get a picture about what's going on in this Corinthian church. It looks like they're fighting about who has the best gifts. They're fighting about who's following the best leaders, 
We saw that at the beginning. I'm following Paul, and I'm following Apollos, and I'm following Peter, and oh, I just followed Jesus. And, 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 and others are, and now he gets into the giftings, and, and it's like, oh, they're fighting about who has the best place. They're concerned about status. They're concerned about position. They're, they're, they're not dedicating themselves to encouraging and lifting one another up and building one another up and allowing everybody to walk in the way that God has wired them to walk. Say, well, you serve this way, not as great. It may be fine, but it puts you in the back row kind of thing, right? And it's like they were, it's like, okay, who all has these giftings? Great, you just come up front. We got the most important word for you, and it, it tears back like that. So we want to, as Paul, he's trying to bring perspective to them. We want to keep a perspective as well. And nobody, nobody, Paul, Paul's, as he's talking through this idea of giftings, nobody can shame someone else for the wrong gift, right? There, there is no wrong gift in the Spirit, but sometimes this, this church was like, oh, you're second class, this is first tier giftings. No one can shame anybody else for the way that the Lord is working in their life. No one should be shaming themselves for not having the best gift, what is proclaimed as the, the best gifts. No one can see themselves as more spiritual because of God is how God is using them. Sometimes there's a competition. Sometimes we, we kind of gossip in competition, you know, in, in, in how God is, is using us. And most importantly, nobody has all these gifts, right? Paul's saying nobody has all, each and every, you can't check off the list and say, oh, I'm strong in all these things, right? So this inventory that we took, I think it rates it like out of like 30 points for each gift, and so no one can go down that whole list and say, oh, 30s and 30 and 30 and 30 and 30. You know, it's, a, it's sort of a ranking how, how God is, has built you and wired you. Some are more prominent, and others are like, oh, that's kind of a weak area for me. It's kind of a weak area, and those are, those are okay to acknowledge as well. Nobody has all the gifts. No one can stand up here. Pastor does not have all the gifts, <laughs> right? Just let's be clear. Pastor does not have all the giftings, right, for a church. And, and gifts aren't the goal. I don't think the gifts are the goal. The gifts are a means of giving glory to God and showing people that we are God's people. So gifts aren't the end goal. They're a tool that allows us to show that we are God's people and walk and give glory to God and walk like we are God's people. William Grinnell says this, grace is too much neglected where the gifts are too highly prized. So if as a church, we want to get down to the nitty-gritty of, oh, here are all the giftings that we have, and start making li- like Corinthians, like Corinthians. It's like, well, this, this is where we rank, and oh, we, we send a correspondent out to, to Ephesus, because we know Paul started a church in Ephesus, and we say, well, here's, here's where we rank. Can you tell us where, where you rank? And oh, you know, we're, we're a little bit more superior than you guys, and we've got more people. We've got more opportunity and possibility because of God, what God is doing here. Oftentimes, when we prize or make the end goal sort of the, the vehicle-like gifts, the, the gifts are like the vehicle to give glory to God, when we actually prize the vehicle or the method, then we lose grace. Because if you start to rank the gifts, and this is all critical, if we start to rank the gifts as all critical, then someone 
will naturally fall at the bottom, depending on our rankings, our views, and our biases, and the way that we look at life. And Paul reminds us in chapter 12, verses 6 and 7, there are different activities. Activities is a, a word used for the gifts. He uses like five different words to describe our giftings. There are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. Again, this is why I say you're important. God is working through you. Sometimes we, sometimes we don't respond, and that's sort of on us when we don't respond, when God's telling us to do something and we don't want to do it or we push back or things like this and, and other stuff gets in the way and we have some responsibility. But, but God is working and can work through each and every person in this room. In second service, when they come, we'll say that they're equally as important. We can't, you know, we're not going to get into the, well, first service is best, you know. This is where all the ministry happens. Second service, those people. And if you're coming second service, we, we can't wait to see you. Um, uh, but... Sometimes we, we get into that mode. Verse 7 here, a manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person. This is the key for the common good. For the common good. What is the common good? Well, one of them is building up one another in the body of Christ. Building up each other in the body of Christ. Also ministering to those and, and witnessing to those on the outside of these church walls. I like what Dave Coronado, he, he, uh, he does the YM360. He's a part of the church here. He's, man, super busy with the YM360 this, this summer. The youth ministry, he often says, a great challenge and great encouragement. He often says, we come together not to get, but to give. So we come to this place not to get. Like, I come because this is where the best message is in town. I just want to sit and hear that. Or I come because this is where the best worship band is, and I want to be a part of that. I come because you know, someone's going to ask me, you know, whatever it is. If we walk through these doors expecting like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm coming just to kind of get something out of this for me. And when I don't like it, then I'm going to go somewhere else and, and, and expect that they give me what I want. No, we, we walk through these doors. I pray, my prayer on Sunday mornings is that as we're walking through these doors, we're not looking to come into here to have our hearts all jazzed up to worship. Our hearts are all jazzed up to worship, and we get to do it here and be a part of that and participate and not like, oh, you know, and there, there are times. There are times where, you know, I'm depressed or someone else is feeling sad or blue or needs encouragement, and we, and we do. We stumble through these doors, and we feel bad, and we feel down, and welcome Welcome to this place, because this then is a place where we can encourage. But for those of us who are walking in Jesus, even when we feel down, we know that Jesus is Savior. We know that Jesus is Lord. We know that He is in control, and we come together to praise Him and to lift up our voices for Him, to hear from Him in a time like this, hopefully to hear from Jesus in a time like this. And we, so we walk through these doors, not looking to, okay, okay, you better... Better jazz me up this Sunday morning, because if it doesn't, um, you know, I, I might try somewhere else, and you know what, you know, that's the kind of thing. No, no, we come, we come ready to, to give to the Lord what He is due. Give to the Lord what He is due. And what's great about the church is we're one of the only games in town, maybe, maybe truly the only game in town, that asks us to turn our eyes outward instead of inward. We're, we come in here, and, and this is what the Christian life is. We come in here turning our eyes outward 
to look into the community and the needs and needs in the body of Christ. And, and other groups get together and it's, well, this, we're gathering together because, you know, I need this or whatever. I, this is a group. This is a group where our eyes go outward. The focus is outward. This is where the gifts come in. How can I use my gift to serve you, you, and you, and you, and, and vice? Yeah, how do we serve one another in our giftings? And eyes outward, we've talked about this before, but I love this kind of stuff. Eyes outward actually does something for us. It's like God built it into our being when we turn our eyes outward. There actually is like a, this psychology of giving and serving, which I appreciate. It means God wired us this, this way. Did you know that giving and serving in a place like the church or serving together, serving in your community, helping out in the community, it actually can, can lead to a longer lifespan? Think about that. Actually, giving and serving stimulates the pleasure centers of our brain and makes us want to do more and more and more of that. Those who consistently serve, and this, this is not like church data, this is, this is sort of just world data, but I think it, it applies to the church because we're called to serve one another, right? Those who consistently serve report having a higher quality of life, contentment versus scarcity, and I'm always missing something, right? But when you start to serve, you start to serve and see the needs of the people around you, and you're like, man, God has really blessed me. God has really blessed me. It increases self-esteem, sense of self-worth. It reduces burnout at a job if you come in with a giving, serving spirit, and that's sort of how you operate. Uh, I'd say correlation is that it, it decreases the desire to just jump around into a fellowship and like, okay, where, where do I, you know, where are my needs, where are my needs, who's, who's taking care of my stuff? It increases the satisfaction in relationships. It has a, a potential to increase the satisfaction in relationships, even romantic relationships. It has the potential to increase our feelings of empathy and compassion for others, which then in turn will lead us to, you know what, man, I really see their, where they are and their needs. I think I want to do more to help out in that area. And they say in the studies, serving and giving is contagious among the group that you're a part of. Again, I go back to being on a winning team, which we check that box off because Jesus has already won, is exciting because we get to see how he's going to work through us. It's encouraging because we're seeing that amongst the body and encouraging one another, and it's contagious. When I see you serve, it's like, oh gosh, that's great. Man, maybe I can do that as well. All right, so when we get into the spiritual gifts, uh, Paul Paul, as he's talking about spiritual gifts, and he uses like five different Greek words to talk about the gifts. And we see this in verse 1, 4, 5, 6, and 7, where he talks about uh, the spiritual. Then he talks about the gifts in verse 4. He talks about ministries in verse 5. He talks about activities in verse 6. And he talks about manifestation in verse 7. And so let's dive in then at some of the list of gifts. And what Paul's doing here is what you're going to notice if you're studying the scripture, what you're going to notice, this is not a comprehensive list. Paul is not put, has not put together a comprehensive list of every single gift in the church. You go, go to like Romans uh, chapter 12 to, to look at more giftings. 
Go to Ephesians 4 to look at more offices and, and giftings. There, there's, these lists are scattered throughout, but Paul is speaking about gifts here in the Corinthian church. All right, and he's, he's, he's got, there's a different, couple different categories of spiritual gifts. And again, before we start looking at a list, what's, the, the gifts are not the goal, right? The gifts are not the goal. Giving glory to God and being the body of the Christ, being the body of Christ, this is the goal. And so I was looking at a spiritual inventory. I looked at a couple of them this week. I actually took a couple of different inventory tests. They, they, I was thinking, they actually came out the same. Whew, that feels good. Um, uh, so, but one spiritual inventory that I, that I found, it, it broke them down into three types of giftings, three categories of giftings. And you have like the miraculous, you have some enabling gifts, and then you have some task-oriented, they call them task-oriented gifts or more team gifts. And there's, okay, so I don't want to get in the weeds this morning of tackling all the, the, the miraculous and the, the, what we would look as the super spiritual and the very controversial stuff. We're going to keep dabbling in that a little bit as he goes through the Corinthians and talks about orderly worship and what it means to, to worship in the body. But there, there is a list of miraculous and sign gifts. things like speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, miracles, and healings. And churches, as we tackle this topic and we come to the topic of, well, what do we do with these real miraculous gifts? And some churches like, man, they should be exploding out of the church and we should, you know, this be happening all the time. And if we're not doing that, you're really not a body of believers. And on the other side, it's like, there's another group of people that says, well, actually all of that stuff was really shut down. We see none of that today. We should see none of that today because it was closed down because we have the scriptures now. And so there's very extreme positions Besides, this is why I don't want to dive in the weeds of this, but I'd like to say that God doesn't change. If God has done something in the past, he still can do something in the future. Now, whether we see all these things popping up all the place, I'm, I'm one who sits on mis, the, the mir, miraculous gifts. And I'm like, I, I just want to be careful because what do they do? Does it, is it, do we use them to edify ourselves? Like, man, did you see what I did over here? This, this healing that I'm accomplished. I've, se- I've seen too many healing ministries that on the other side of it, everybody's jazzed up and shouting and praising the Lord and falling over and all that kind of stuff. But on the other side of that, it's like, but we didn't see anything come out of that. There wasn't really any change that, that like was a result of that. So I want to be very careful that, you know, we don't get too jazzed up on, man, if we're not seeing healings every single service or speaking in tongues and things like that, that we're not believers. And we're not, not saying that. Um, I think as we talk about tongues, things like tongues, I look at it as the, you know, the, the greatest gift of tongues that, that benefits the whole body is when someone like Paul or others are like going into a place and God is giving them the, the ability to speak the language so they can actually share the gospel. And there's someone there who understands that so that other people aren't left out as well. And so there's that language and interpretation of that going back and forth for the, go- the purpose of sharing the gospel. I know there are some folks, and, and maybe some folks here today, who believe that there's the giftings of a personal gift of, of talking like in a heavenly language. I don't want to deny that. I think that's often the thing, though, Paul says, beware, beware. Does that build up the body, or is that something that I've heard people say, well, that's a good thing that I go and pray in my prayer closet, and I feel like the Lord really moves me to speak in this language. I said, well, I'm going to leave that up between you and God. I want, to, I want to look at the gifts as a leader. I want to look at the gifts that continue to build us up as a body, and the focus of building up as a 
body in the spreading of the gospel. And I think, man, God does a miracle and God heals someone in the service. Woo! Yeah, that's encouraging, right? And the gospel is going to be preached because of that, not because of the ultimate miracle, but because of who God is behind that miracle. And we're not going to praise someone who can lay hands on someone and say, oh, man, they're, they're just a great man of God, and, and try to lift them up in status. We're going to say, no, no, no. If, God's, if there's a healing God, the great God is behind the healing. So we'll always bring our focus back to God, especially in the controversial issues where, okay, are we giving glory to God? Is God in this? We see the Spirit moving in this. And so those are just a little take on miraculous gifts. And then there are gifts like what they called enabling gifts, and we see this in discernment and faith, knowledge, wisdom, and leadership. These sort of give direction and some guidance and and somewhat of a, a push out to go do the work, right? So you got like leadership, and someone can stand up and say, hey, man, let's go. And you got people who follow and say, yes, that's a great idea, and motivated to go and, and work in their giftings on that mission and on that task. And I think they, they divide up with wisdom and knowledge, being able to speak into that, speak the truth in that area to motivate and enable people then to go and move in their giftings. I really like, if I'm biased, I, I really like what they were calling the task-oriented gifts. These, these would be the, these types of gifts, like evangelism. Again, not that they're better than any other gift, and it's not the goal, but these are the things that we often do together in teams, and the very practical ways that we reach our community. So you have gifts of like evangelism, and that's found in Ephesians. Prophecy, that's spoken in a number of different places. Teaching, exhortation or encouragement, shepherding, sometimes listed under pastoring, gift of mercy, gift of helping and serving, and, and gifts of service, the gift of giving. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a list at, of these at the end. If you're writing them down, there will be a, a list at the end administration, keeping things organized and together, hospitality, welcoming the strangers to your house, and then missionary. And in this grouping, they, they combine the missionary and the apostle, which I actually kind of appreciate because it speaks to the idea that, oh, we, we agree that the, 12 apostles, or the 13 apostles, that closed out that chapter of, of big A apostle, right? Those who were sent by Jesus to start the church to give us the scripture and get us going. But there's still this spirit of leadership in initiative in starting things that we often see now within a missionary gifting, that initiative to go and start and go to that hard place and, and start a work for the Lord. And so I, I like that we, we can recognize that there's this idea of apostle, which is almost like entrepreneur in the church, go start, go start, get something going. But we classify it more as a missionary gifting nowadays. And you look at the, the, this list that I just went through, like evangelism, prophecy, teaching, exhortation, shepherding, mercy, helps, giving, administration, hospitality, missionary stuff. These are, these are often uh, groups, things we can do together, or things that really, really are focused on building one another up and ministering to the community around us. More, what I said, more of a practical, a practical gift where the gospel can be experienced and seen. J.I. Packer says this, the most significant gifts in the church life in every era are ordinary and natural abilities sanctified. Now, spiritual gifts, I believe, there are, there are things that God gives to us, and he's like, okay, Holy Spirit moves, and bam, and we didn't expect it to happen. We didn't know it was coming, 
And that's, you know, the Holy Spirit moved through us. And I kind of agree with Packer here when he says, hey, oftentimes, especially throughout the church, what God is using is, is us just doing the normal stuff in life focused on spreading the gospel and giving glory to God, right? Giving glory to God. Oh, goodness, we're almost, almost out of time. Um, so, much, so much in this, and I want to honor the, the worship team because they're, they're, act, they're leading us in, in their giftings. Again, I wanted to I was just say, Paul mixes, we saw this last week, we saw this as we're looking at this this week, he mixes these lists of giftings as well as offices, together. And so offices of the church, as he's listing offices of the church, we see things like apostle, prophet. He mentions in Ephesians 2 that uh, the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. Again, it comes back to Jesus, and then the apostles were doing their works. The prophets had been doing their works. This primarily, then this is what we have. So Paul is very apostolic, and saying, hey, this work is valuable. Uh, we, may, we don't agree that the work of the apostle, big A apostle, continues on today because we're not getting new scripture. We're got, not getting that direct divine inspiration or revelation from the Lord. We have the canon of scripture. We have the full and complete uh, scripture, but we're still ap- apostolic because we follow the, the, the leadings, the writings, the inspiration given to us by the apostles. So we still honor that, uh, but we wouldn't look to new apostles uh, or even those who would claim to be prophets and are bringing new words. If someone comes to you and saying they're bringing like a, ver- a new word of the Lord, we want to be careful about that. Does it line up with scripture? Is it consistent with what, what God has already said, or are they bringing something that goes against what we've already seen within scripture? We want to be very careful about that. Believe, I believe, in, in the gift of prophecy, to be able to really reveal and pull out core teachings and truths from the word and encourage and challenge somebody. But when someone comes and says, oh, I got a new thing, and be very careful about that. We already have what has been, been built by the apostles and the prophets as the complete word of the Lord here. We also have Jesus as the word, and he's the cornerstone. And so then you have evangelists, and that's, that's a, a, an office gifting sort of thing. You have elder, deacon mentioned other places. We did a whole sermon on that, and those are sort of offices of the church. You have a teacher, pastor-teacher combo kind of thing, and this is sort of a, an office uh, as well as gifting listed within the church. As a pastor, I just, I've got to reinforce, pastor doesn't have all the giftings. I say, pastor's maybe one of the more insignificant people of the church. Why? This is where the work happens. See, I I get to spend my time digging and studying and and talking and reaching out to this community primarily. I don't go to where you go to work. I don't meet all your friends. I don't hang out in all those places. That's not... Those aren't my circles. You guys, again, going back to that, that idea of where's the, the power and the influence in the church and the, and the move of the church, you know, why do people come to church? Why do people come to faith? It's because of the body. It's because of the body using their gift. So I hope my, my gift and I hope the elder's gift is to encourage this body to use your giftings and use them well and, and give opportunities for that. 
I'm going to have to save this for another sermon here. Because I want to talk about our giftings. I, I had mentioned we sent out that notice to fill out that survey. I want to talk about our giftings. I want to spend a few minutes. We got, good, we got 10 minutes. I want to share with one another about our, our giftings. So I'm going to shut this thing down, move into that, save it for another sermon, and talk about our, our giftings. Being on a winning team is exciting. It's encouraging. And it should be contagious, right? We're on the winning team. Jesus has already done it. It's exciting to be able to partner with him. It's encouraging to be with one another doing this work, and it should be contagious where I see you and you see me doing things. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Let's do more of that. I asked you earlier who had a chance to do this work. When you did, when you looked at your giftings, and even if you finished it now, um, were you surprised by what came out of your, your giftings? Anybody here shocked by, oh my gosh, this totally blew me away? This is a safe place here. They're not going to see it on camera, <laughs> right? Anybody here shocked? Anybody here? I was shocked by my least oh. strength. Okay. The, your, your, your biggest growth area. <laughs> Your biggest growth area. Yeah. Okay, so shocked boys down there. So it broke it up into the three, what it said are your primary giftings. So no one, no one here is saying they were shocked by it. Actually, so, so Kim and I, the, we asked you to send them into the office and send them at the email. If you haven't done that, please send a copy of it to, to the church office because we want to see these and, and sort of see where people can serve best, use this as a tool for us. Uh, as they're coming in, and Kim's getting them in her email, and then she's sharing them with me. Actually, got them right here, the ones that have come in so far. We're like, as we're looking at this thing, our response is like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. For the people that we know, it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Why? I think why? Because we're, this is what God has wired you, what he's given. And if you're doing the work, if you're actually acting in the gift already, and you, but you haven't recognized what it is, you're like, oh, well, that makes sense how God uses me. Anybody encouraged by this? I know that some of these inventories, you're like, oh, tests that remind you of school, and I hated school, taking tests and filling in the bubbles. At least we didn't make you do it with a number two pencil, right? <laughs> And we're all old enough here, almost all of us, to do the survey, and then you send it through the computer and see what it spits out. But, you know, clicking a button on your computer or your phone is a little bit easier. Anybody encouraged 